0: You didn't get in.
1: You've had injuries, so... You lost. Someone else who's been a bright spot on the team.
0: A guy they clearly want sticking around. A guy who's kind of looming, waiting for his opportunity. And when it comes, he's going to perform. Get him. And here it comes.
1: He makes you
0: say whoop, whoop, They said Sterling Shepard looking like Sterling Silver out there. he scores. Shepard's pie. Bit of a back and forth thing. Yeah, it was a whole thing. That's not wise. And he paid the price for it. Relative confidence. No avail. Come get him for a first. Certainly a sell hive. Antique version of a rookie.
1: Braxton Berrios. Sounds like something you should start your morning with. <laughs> get the money, spend it, or smoke them if you got them. Oh man. Get them. Smart idea. If you're looking for startable wide receiver production at a discount, I'm trying to get on the Zach Pay scale. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wire. This is your host, Iowa. I'm here with Henry St. Clair once again, ready to discuss what we have seen happen in week two and things we want to be looking at going forward. Thanks for joining us again, Henry St. Clair. Welcome back.
0: My pleasure. Always such a great experience to join, get to talk about something that I truly love and have a passion for.
1: Right. You spend the, a good portion of your time messing with, especially a high volume of leagues. You know, you want to be able to apply it to something, create something, build something. And speaking of building something, a lot of people might be owing to right now or sitting at one on one and thinking maybe I need to rebuild my roster. Well, before this uh, podcast, I was listening to the Metallica CD reload, thinking that a lot of people are looking at their rosters right now, looking at their record and wondering whether they should go ahead and start the rebuild. And I'm here to tell you to have patience. You want to have a self analysis moment where you're looking at what your max points could have been, what points you have scored, how difficult your matchups were those first couple times, and look at your team. Are you underperforming because of your own start-sit- decisions are you underperforming because you've had an injury early in a game like two of this week is your team better than what your record or points might suggest but in all reality there's teams that are one and three that have won leagues and that was when there was one fewer game in a season what's your what's your panic meter if you're 0 and two right now
0: like you said it's all very contextual. It matters how you lost. Don't go out and think Melvin Gordon's a buy because he had an 80-yard rushing touchdown and think Jonathan Taylor's a sell because he got stopped at the goal line three times in a row. You know, you're going up against one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL and the Rams running the ball straight up the gut on Aaron Donald. You didn't get in. Okay, you missed out on those six fantasy points. You lost. You lost to Derrick Henry last week. You lost to Aaron Jones it's not time to blow it up just because you have one or two losses. Like you said, 18-week season in the NFL, one more game in fantasy. I've had teams start out 0-5 before that have won championships. I think people are valuing rookies, especially rookies that have looked good or shown any signs of promise, picks more now than they were in the offseason, which I think is crazy. I did not expect to see that. There are some vets that are certainly by lows right now.
1: We've talked about on previous casts where if it's 50-50, I've often been going with the younger guy, and if you've got the younger guy, it's often something that's going to start slower. So your team may be set up to be continually with the arrow pointing up for the remainder of the season, and it may not lead you to wins in the first couple weeks. You've gotten through the the down weeks of what is Elijah Moore's career and these other various prospects that you know may be starting a little slower, but are now starting to pick up or will be starting to pick up here in the future so you know you tough out those first weeks just because you know you're going to be better in the long run and often if you've been favoring to the side of young you're probably in that situation
0: Can always add aging veterans if you started the year looking young I'll bet you have people sliding in your DMs left, right, and center that are trying to rebuild that are hitting the panic button like we're talking about. You know, if you can oversell them on a rookie and then put your team in more of a win now mode or shore up a position get a more proven commodity for a rookie that's flashed here and there. Like if you can go get rid of a Mitchell for something crazy then do it. Like some people are really down on Ezekiel Elliott right now because powers looked good. Who's to say they can't both look good.
1: Yep. The younger guys are the guys that appeal to all audiences. Whereas if you've got the older guy who's doing well, it's the win now is interested. The rebuilds are saying, nah, he's too old. He's past peak. So, you know, just stacking those younger assets, you may not be leading to wins in week one and two, but it doesn't mean your roster is devoid of value. Your roster, if it was anything like probably like 40% of my rosters, you had either Acres or ETN on that roster. And then I think a fifth of my rosters had Dobbins on it. You've had injuries. So if you're a good fantasy player, player, you're going to be working the wire, you're going to be working trades, but that takes time so you may not be winning these first couple weeks if you have a high percentage of those players or if you had those players on your roster. What we've seen here in week two is some of the adjustments teams have made due to injuries, so we as fantasy gamers are looking to make our own adjustments to what we perceive as the values and the scenarios and the situations, be it who's rising and who's falling, and that's what we want to touch on here today. Uh, One of the key ones here was you know, the Dobbins injury. Tell me how you see that backfield uh, shaking out now.
0: Well, we see Tyson Williams getting a lot of the first and second down work. He's kind of a Dobbins replacement almost. Obviously, it's not the same profile as Dobbins in terms of speed, collegiate production, draft capital, etc. But he does have the ability to hit a hole in a straight line, go for 10, 15 yards every run. And he's done that so far. He's playing on about half their snaps. He had that goal line fumble where I believe Miles Boykin fell on it right as it happened. miss out on those six points like he said if you're not watching the games that's something contextual you're going to miss out on he did get a goal line carry there is it going to be prescriptive of the future he fumbled we're not going to give him much goal line work he got a little bit more goal line work in that game late in the game they still gave him goal line looks after the fumble Latavius is a bigger guy at 6'3 230 he could be goal line vulture he scored both the back few weeks I think Latavius might continue to get goal line work obviously Lamar Steal some goal line work. We saw two touchdowns, I think, against the Chiefs. Flipped in on them. I would expect Latavius to be relevant. And then Devonta Freeman, obviously kind of a scat back smaller guy, eight ish I think Tyson is a one-year rental at best, but relevant.
1: You know who led that team in carries? Let me go out on a limb here and say Lamar Jackson. It was definitely Lamar Jackson, again, for the second week in a row now. So I think this might be a theme that Tyson Williams is good, not great, but probably, like you said, a short-term rental there. Latavius was the next, the next leading run running back in carries and then Freeman and Bell was not activated. How shallow of a league would it have to be for you to keep Bell on your bench?
0: Gosh, I've been dropping him everywhere i mean trenton cannon was activated before him like you said after they signed bell they brought in freeman he got activated before bell to saying that they saw more in practice from freeman after both of them got brought in obviously latavius became available possibly unexpectedly to the ravens they get him no need for bell to get activated surprised that the niners had that rash of injuries they didn't even call up Le'Veon bell they could have taken him right off the practice squad you know they went for lamar miller and duke johnson instead they signed Jaquez Patrick from the Bengals practice squad over Le'Veon Bell just seems like Todd Gurley territory of a shot horse.
1: Yep. You said it there. The Niners have had their own injuries. We'll skip ahead on the sheet to what you said there. What do you know about this Jaquez?
0: Jaquez Patrick, he was the running back at Florida State with Cam Akers. He was the thunder to his lightning, Six three, two thirty. 230, thumper. He's not going to wow you with anything. Even with that size, you know, he doesn't necessarily always run over everyone. He's certainly not the fastest. Just kind of gets the job done. He played for the Tampa Bay Vipers in the XFL. Some people made some YouTube videos calling him an XFL star, former XFL star. He was no star in the XFL. If Trent Richardson was a star in the XFL, then this guy was well beneath that.
1: So... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did see that uh, they have carry on on the practice squad and that they brought in Duke Johnson for a visit yet they poached Patrick off of a practice squad immediately moving him to the active roster straight skipping pass carry on and you know Duke's visit that's worth noting considering Hasty is uh, suffering from an ankle injury Sermon has a concussion and Elijah Mitchell it's a shoulder injury but at this point it seems like Cannon, I don't know necessarily whether he's going to get a lot of touches or really if he's just there for special teams purposes.
0: Mitchell will get a stinger in that game, and he actually returned later in the game after that sermon concussion. We saw him come back in. They were just kind of being cautious. You know, stingers are a difficult injury because you lose the feeling in your arm. You're not quite sure what it is. Shanahan said he hoped it was that, and as the game went on, the more they learned about it, the more certain he was that that's what it was. I wouldn't expect it to affect a running back beyond. And then, like you said, Hasty with a high ankle sprain, we've seen that be six to eight weeks, so he could be gone a while. Like I said, the only other active running backs right now are Trenton Cannon, who they had, they took him first. The Ravens cut him after they got Latavius. The Niners pick him up before Patrick. Trenton Cannon and Jaquez Patrick.
1: Ravens have definitely suffered from multiple injuries, and someone who's still out is Bateman, and in his stead, Marquise Brown has been putting together some pretty decent games. Are you selling high on Marquise Brown now, knowing that Bateman's return is looming here in a few weeks?
0: Yeah, Bateman was the groin, I believe, and Marquise Brown is Will Fuller. He's always one bad news report away from a hamstring. He's one of those shorter guys, 5'9", speedster. He's Antonio Brown's cousin, so a lot of people, that was something they clung to for a while, was he's going to be an elite route runner, and he's flashed, you know. I'm just not quite sure how well he pairs with Lamar. He's not going to be a high-volume guy. He's going to be a field stretcher like a Henry Ruggs. You're relying on that him beating the coverage, catching the 60-yard touchdown bomb. He's not a guy he's going to look for in the red zone, anything like that. I would look to move on from him because he's seeing an unsustainable target share with Bateman out.
1: Someone who is going to take a little longer than Bateman to return is Judy. And Tim Patrick stepped it up a little bit here last week. Do you like what you have been seeing from the Broncos?
0: Love Tim Patrick last year when Sutton went down and now Judy goes down. So we're going to see more of the same from Patrick. Bridgewater's been... A great quarterback for them thus far. Despite the popular narrative, Bridgewater can throw the deep ball. We saw him last year sustain Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel all to three top 25 wide receiver finishes. He can certainly make wide receivers relevant. You see Tim Patrick, I often call Zach Pascal the Tim Patrick of the Colts. Hmm. Tim Patrick is the Zach Pascal of the Broncos. He's a guy that they've had for a while. They gave him the restricted free agent tender, a guy they clearly want sticking around. A guy who's kind of looming, waiting for his opportunity. And when it comes, he's going to perform. And here it comes.
1: There's a little bit added opportunity for Hamler. I was kind of hoping he might have a bit of a breakout week this week. He did not. He had one catch for five yards, but 22 years old, still have high hopes for Hamler out of Penn State.
0: He was a guy I liked a lot coming out. He was a guy the Broncos clocked with a radar while watching a Penn State game, clocked him at like 24, 25 miles an hour. Said it was one of the fastest times they've seen on GPS ever. He had a bad drop, I think week one. You know, if he catches that, his fantasy outlook is a lot different. People view him in a different light, kind of like a Meikle Hardman, a guy that has all the ability to separate all the college production, the measurables, just has to learn how to get two hands on the football and
1: bring it in. We will see if that's the case. He's definitely fast. Uh, Someone who in the offseason I think you were a fan of at least at one point was Kenyon Drake. Obviously this dude didn't have necessarily the greatest efficiency in the red zone last year, but did have a whole bunch of touchdowns with Jacobs injured, you know, injury to everything apparently. Do you like Drake in the short while? He didn't do awesome, but he, you know, got a decent Share of work this week.
0: They brought Drake in to be the pass catcher. Period. To Josh Jacobs, and with Josh Jacobs out, they said that's going to be the way it's going to stay. With Peyton Barber getting the bulk of carries. Kenyon Drake has 13 carries for 20 yards this season. Less than two yards a carry hasn't been great. Did go against Baltimore, who we saw clamp up. Clyde Edwards Alaire, Pittsburgh, who we saw clamp up. Buffalo. Now, obviously, Buffalo's running game isn't sensational but those are two of the better defenses we would expect when you get five catches a game it's hard not to be relevant for fantasy this is a guy that we've seen be perennially a top 24 running back in a plethora of ways in miami early in his career it was as a receiver the reports early coming out of las vegas where we might use him as a receiver see five catches a week that's five fantasy points a week give him 50 yards off those catches you're getting 10 points a week at running back you could certainly do worse
1: Yep, probably going to make my flex in a handful of leagues this week. Someone who only made my flex in one league was Cedric Wilson last week. With Gallup down, Pollard has been the beneficiary, even though it might just be counted as, hey, you know, he's got his own role as the number two RB. I think it might have something to do a little bit with uh, Gallup not out there as much. You said it earlier. Pollard. I mean like he's outscoring Zeke so far. How do you see that? Uh with Gallup still being out. Do you see like Cedric Wilson being worth a play maybe this week too?
0: He was the guy that I added a lot the moment that Gallup injury happened because he's the next wide receiver on the depth chart. And we've seen Dallas with Dak had fifty-eight some odd passing attempts week one. Last week they actually had more rushing attempts than passing attempts. I think they had thirty-one to twenty-eight passes something along those lines. And when you have an offense that puts up as many points as Dallas does because their defense is so porous, you're going to have some relevant players. Cedric Wilson was a guy that made my flex much to my chagrin at the end of the week. I think you hit the nail on the head. Tony Pollard has been on the field substantially more since that Gallup injuries happened. They've been running two back sets, using Zeke in more of a blocking role, giving Pollard a chance to flash, using Zeke as a decoy. We'll see how defenses catch on to it if they start defending Pollard differently, seeing that he's a legitimate player, or if Pollard's just legit.
1: Yep. Another wide receiver injury. Nico Collins is going to be on uh, the short-term IR at least here for the next three or four weeks. I know the Thursday game is going to play before you end up hearing this pod, but a couple guys I'm just keeping an eye on in that Thursday game to see how it goes is Danny Amendola and Chris Conley. Let's see, I guess Andre Roberts also got a catch. I'm curious to see how it shakes out as far as the next wide receivers up. Another name to throw out there would
0: be Anthony Miller, a guy they gave up some capital for, former second round pick from the bears he's missed the first couple weeks i think with a hamstring or something along those lines and he's gonna make his debut thursday here so certainly a player that could become their wide receiver three yet to see how that offense looks not an offense that many were looking forward to having pieces of i think it's brandon cook's his show right now, but in a deeper league, could be on the field.
1: I'm not sure what his injury was or what the deal was. Sleeper seems to think that he was a A healthy stretch, and they traded for him, so it makes sense that they're going to give him a shot, and now seems as good a time as any. Someone who I have a bunch of shares of and I probably shouldn't have been so invested in was Goddard, and Ertz is now on the COVID IR. So, you think it's goddard season i
0: think it probably is we've seen jalen hurts this season add more of a deep ball to his repertoire which is nice to see you know much akin to lamar jackson he has that kind of quirky throwing motion where he can just kind of loft the ball it's not always the most accurate but he can get air under it and that's been helping rager obviously a speedster down the sideline devonta smith not necessarily known as a big time speedster but he can get separation to get open deep hopefully open up the middle of the field for the tight ends which we've seen younger quarterbacks hyper target. Jalen Hurts seems to really love Zach Ertz and Dallas Gattert and with Zach Ertz out, probably the Dallas Gattert show.
1: Seems like any quarterback for the Eagles has liked their tight ends. So be it one or two, either way they're gonna get a ton of work. It's somewhat predictable coming from the Eagles. Something else is somewhat predictable is an injury to a Rams running back, which Henderson has cartilage injury, whatever it is, it's hurt. And if it's cartilage, then it, it just like it sounds like maybe acres last year. Remember when he was a lol in the middle of the season and you could buy him cheaply before he came back. Well, if Henderson is hurt, then maybe it's Michelle season. Some of us have the funk stashed away. And something that's kinda of gone under the radar so far at least is that Hawkins was signed to the practice squad there.
0: That went so far under the radar, I'm just now hearing about it. Yeah, Javian Hawkins was a guy that the film in college said he was Louisville's best player. He was better than Tutu Outwell, better than Des Fitzpatrick to me. I heard some rumblings, some rumors that there was something wrong with the guy and that teams were kind of just hands off on that situation. I'm yet to hear why, yet to hear anything concrete. So he's still got an opportunity. He's been cut from Tennessee, Atlanta, hopefully he latches on here in Los Angeles and can make way for himself like you said michelle was a guy the rams gave up significant capital for i believe a fifth rounder is what it eventually equated to it's not the highest capital in the world but it is something he has shown in the past that he's a relevant player when healthy former first-round pick. Daryl Henderson is about as injury-prone as any running back in football. I don't know any time that he's not had a cue next to his name. I mean, the offseason, preseason, it was Daryl Henderson banged up. Daryl Henderson ankle, ribs, anything. I think it would be Michelle, certainly over Funk. Obviously, Xavier Jones with the Achilles. I think Michelle could definitely be an interesting play.
1: I don't even think Funk got a carry last week, so the only running back who's healthy who's got a carry last week is currently Michelle, so that's where, if I had to place a bet. That's where it would be. If I had to place a bet for if Dalvin Cook missed the next game due to an ankle injury he suffered, I would say it's Mattis season. What do you think?
0: Always loved Madison. He was a guy in the offseason. A lot of people had the Pollard hype and obviously have been proven right. You know, Pollard's a great player. But for a while, it was Madison and Pollard. Pollard and Madison. And to me, Madison just got thrown by the wayside because they drafted a punt returner in Ken and Wong Wu in the fourth round. A guy with an Achilles history who hasn't hardly seen the field for Minnesota. I think the clear backup there is Madison. He gets work even when Cook's fully healthy. Cook did come back later in that game after the ankle injury. It seemed like just a minor blip on the radar. But if anything were to happen to Cook at any point, I would think Madison is a guy that would be... Top RB2 option.
1: In really, really deep leagues, I've liked to stash Kenya on the IR. 20 some percent of sleeper leagues, so it's gonna have to be a pretty deep league for that really to be something that's worth stashing at least as it sits right now it sounds like there that maybe the dalvin cook injury isn't very serious it also doesn't sound like chenault's injury is very serious he might still play marvin jones has taken advantage of the opportunity he's been given there
0: believe marvin jones had some tie to urban meyer from college much Like every other player they brought in, Carlos Hyde, all those guys. Marvin Jones has been a top 24 wide receiver in the NFL for a long time. Interesting. Played on the Bengals, the Lions the Jags, people don't always watch him play. He's a very talented receiver. I expect him to be the X, the Z there. I believe right now he might be their number one. It's him and Chark, Chark and him. LaVisca has been aided, in my opinion, a little by the ETN injury, that slash roll, kind of the slot underneath stuff. LaVisca looked great in week one. He was the target leader. If he's healthy, he'll get certainly some opportunity with the Jaguars likely playing from behind most weeks
1: yeah I think if anybody's panicking on Chenault I'm willing to eat that up and as far as Marvin Jones he's no spring chicken so he's someone who isn't I can't find a way to start him he's he's putting up weeks that should be started on somebody's roster so he'd be somebody I'd be willing to move around especially with a quarterback as good as Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be eventually another rookie quarterback who got some play last week was Fields with Dalton with an injury they did say Dalton the QB one when he's healthy, but he might not be healthy. What do you think?
0: hit the nail on the head. It's a matter of, is Dalton healthy? And I think they have to say that, right? Because if Dalton misses the week and Fields looks terrible and they said Fields is the starter, they can't necessarily bench him. Whereas if they say Dalton's still the starter when healthy and then Fields looks bad, they can say, well, Dalton's the starter and Fields wasn't ready. Whereas if they say, you know, Fields is the starter, Dalton comes back, then they're benching Fields and you wouldn't necessarily want to bench a rookie quarterback. Fields had a mixed bag in the performance. Obviously a little raw as a passer, the whole narrative of the Ohio State one read thing. Some like it, some don't. He is a very bright kid. He scored extremely high on those quick processing tests the NFL loves to give people. I expect him fully to learn that offense in short time. He had that run where he got to the edge on the right side on a naked boot and just hit it like a bolt of lightning. I mean he's electric as an athlete, but he also threw that nasty pick six that almost cost him the game late. So when he's playing, he's fantasy relevant for sure.
1: As far as my expectation of him as a rookie, he can throw picks. He can make bad throws. When he takes off and runs, you know, my heart just starts racing. Like, that's how good this guy is. Like, he makes you say, whoop. You know, like he has that kind of talent. But like you said there, it could be a bit of a back and forth thing.
0: I think the Bears would be crazy not. not to go with them because they're missing their second round pick on the offensive line from Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins. Their offensive line is just not very good. They brought in Jason Peters, the bodyguard. He's like 39 and it was a whole thing. Their offensive line's in shambles. They don't have the greatest depth of receiver. Their greatest offensive weapon would be Fields' legs. If they want any chance of competing... They This year, it would be through Justin Fields making magic happen. However, they may be taking a more long-term outlook with, you know, not wanting to just put Fields out there to get killed. Either way, in Dynasty, he's an absolute asset.
1: Yeah, and it's been said before, if you have two QBs, then you have no QBs. That logic was defied last year when Tua was benched for Fitzpatrick and then started and then benched and (laughs) then started and then benched. Well, Tua got dinged this weekend and Brissette came in. It sounds like it might be like a pain tolerance issue with Tua this week, but if he isn't able to go this week, are you picking up Brissett?
0: I'd be picking him up if I absolutely had to. If I had Tua, uh, didn't have a third quarterback option, but Brissett did not look great last week. Given Buffalo's defense with Tredavious White is certainly a formidable one. They didn't have Will Fuller out there, so maybe limited weapons. Brissett obviously trying to manifest something out there, wearing number 14 like Fitzpatrick last year. Didn't quite play up to Fitzpatrick's standards. I don't think that you he has any magic left in it.
1: Yeah, someone who didn't do very well in relief of the starter last week was Eason when Wentz has sprained not one, but both of his ankles. So I don't know if it's going to be that easy to play Eason. What do you think? I think it's
0: so uneasy to play Eason that the (laughs) Colts don't want to. They said Wentz is not ruled out for this week. They're going to roll Wentz out there like the guy in SpongeBob that just keeps getting injured and injured and injured and they keep rolling him out there in a wheelchair. Man, gosh, they put Eason in and it was like four straight incompletions and a pick to Ramsey. Like, what are you doing, dude? You're a second year player. like first NFL action. You're going to target the best corner in football. That's not wise. And he paid the price for it. If Ellinger weren't on IR, I would expect Ellinger to make an appearance, but Jacob Eason, I'd be hard-pressed to not play a wide receiver over him in my super flex spot if I could.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't say I'm super excited about Jacob Beeson. He's right in that Jake from State Farm category for me. Uh, They also have Brett Hundley. Is he still on practice squad, or did he... (laughs) Yeah, back on the practice squad as of 20 days ago. Couldn't tell you.
0: Goodness. Sounds like Cam Newton needs a week three call up.
1: Oh man, Cam Newton on the Colts. Interesting.
0: I don't think they'd want to do that to Wentz. Wentz has been through so much with backup controversy. Easton looking like garbage could be just the motivation that Wentz needs to get the fan base behind him. <laughs> this guy sucks. Get Wentz back out
1: here. Yeah, well, Eagles fans are happy. It's looking less and less likely like he's going to play 70% of snaps. So Yeah, they're thrilled. Someone who also might Struggle to play 70% of the snaps this season is Roethlisberger, who has a little injury report thing coming out today. I know Haskins was inactive last game. Do you think it would be Rudolph who would be starting, or do you think it's Haskins?
0: I think it would be Rudolph. I heard a joke from a buddy of mine that said Rudolph got an extension. And he's like, did they save money on the equipment by just keeping Rudolph on the roster? Like, what's the what's the point here? I think Rudolph is not a guy that I would play under any circumstances. But for my money, he's the backup. Haskins is a guy that you can hold on your taxi squad still. So that's a plus if he winds up becoming the backup, beating out Rudolph. Obviously, he had the draft capital. Some people loved him coming out. He's not a guy that I believe in any more than Josh Rosen. But some people disagree with that. And I'm happy if he proves me wrong. I'm rooting for the guy.
1: Yeah, I guess in the deepest of leagues, Haskins sliding him down to taxi wouldn't be the absolute worst thing to have. Now, someone who I've been moving up from several taxis for this week and probably going forward, if not this week, is Rondell Moore, who had uh, his first breakout game. Uh, I'm convinced they draft drafted Rondell Moore just so that Kyler's got someone around who makes him feel tall. Well, what's your take on Rondell Moore?
0: Gosh, I think they've got that whole skill group. Looking short, <laughs> you know Chase Edmonds about five nine. They're just trying to get Rondale Moore in those jet sweeps in the backfield. They're trying to have everyone in the backfield hide behind the line. You can't see who has the ball because they're all underneath the offensive line. But he played a lot, very similar to how Tyler Lockett plays a lot. Not in the sense of the jet sweeps and the the speed so much as. Off script plays, finding holes in the zones and kind of sitting there waiting for Tyler to juke out seven defenders in the backfield and loft one up. And he hit him on one on the sideline where I heard the comments did he run there? Or did he just like start there? He got there so gosh darn quick that it looked like he teleported there. He's like so fast, so electric, looks fully healthy. As long as he's healthy, he could be special.
1: Yeah. My take with Rondell Moore is that he's going to have to be really good to be awesome at that short. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's looking pretty good so far. Someone else who's looking pretty good so far is DeAndre Swift. He helped me win a couple leagues here on Monday night here in garbage time with a couple catches and a hurdle hurdle me to victory there's an argument that maybe Swift is the RB3 in Dynasty right now. Like maybe passing Barkley. Or at least if not, maybe it's a conversation. What do you think?
0: In the offseason for me, it was always CMC, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon. And he was in that second tier for me. You know, Swift, I was taking him off under the back of the first, and people would laugh at it. And I go, this is a talented player. We saw it with the hurdle there at the end of the Packers game. There's not many guys at 5'8 that have that sort of explosiveness locked up in those legs. Anytime, again, that you're getting five receptions a game from the check down king jared goff and garbage time Man, garbage time the defense is backing up check it down to the running back those are sweet fantasy points i'll soak those up all day long jamal williams is getting a little bit of the carries hopefully keeps swift healthy and fresh he had that groin injury listed as questionable last week played through it still looked excellent if you're a team that is borderline competing rebuild i would certainly favor him over some of those 26 year old running backs in that tier like cook Kamara. only other guy in that group would be Gibson, obviously with the uncertainty of quarterbacks. It's a little hard to put Gibson up there, but he certainly has a top five running back argument.
1: Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. I know that Barkley is, for lack of a better term, a generational talent. So if, let's say, you know, he's finally 100% this week, is he going to show out and remind you why he was as highly touted as he was for so long?
0: Against Atlanta, he more than likely will seems like
1: definitely gonna have an opportunity there. Someone else who has been doing even better than expected. Big old meaty scores, shepherd's pie. <laughs> Slayton has been doing well, too, and all this at the expense of Galladay. Daniel Jones did his best Lamar Jackson impression last week, putting up a pretty sweet week of his own. How do you like in the Giants now?
0: The offense looks legit. The defense last year was what carried them, and now they just couldn't get a stop against Taylor Heineke. Obviously, they had the one interception, but you'd hope to get more stops than that. They said Sterling Shepard looking like Sterling Silver out there. (laughs) He changed jersey numbers from 87 to 3, and he'd become another player. I mean, so Marquise Brown goes to number five. Something about these jersey switches, you know, reinventing yourself almost. He's getting a big enough part of the target share to piss off Kenny Galladay, for lack of a better term. Galladay on the sideline, we see him getting in the offensive coordinator's face. Jason Garrett, we see him getting in Daniel Jones's face. Daniel Jones going right back at him, not taking any of it. And uh, supposedly they were hugging in the locker room afterwards. We heard in interviews Daniel Jones say, you know, you love to see that from your guy. He's a competitor. He wants to make an impact on the game. Something to watch out for if they keep losing if you win it's easy to keep those mouths fed and happy it's hard to complain about your target share when you're winning games when you're losing you, you have some beef there
1: Mm-hmm. that's when the little things start becoming big things like you said Shepard changed his numbers and it's like he remade himself well Cordell patterson came into the league as a wide receiver kick returner and has remade himself as the rb in atlanta you think over mike davis
0: not over mike davis Cordero Patterson's only playing on a third of the snaps. Last week, seven carries for 11 yards. If you can get five receptions for 58 and a touchdown, that's a pretty good wide receiver play. But he's not getting the carries. Seven carries a week. He's not prototypical running back Mike Davis is okay in the receiving game with obviously tr- getting rid of Julio Jones Russell Gage not really stepping up to what some people would hope for Frank Darby on IR always out every week they're looking for creative ways to get guys involved in the offense he's making plays we saw the direct snap on the goal line that he fumbled on the fake handoff it seems like a guy they're trying to get involved like Cam Akers at the end of last year with the direct snap action but not a guy I'd rather have than Mike Davis
1: yeah he had- happened to be the one to get the touchdowns last week. Last week, Mike Davis, seven catches, Corderell five. Corderell rushed the ball seven times. Mike David rushed, rushed the ball nine times. Now, you look at just the fantasy points, Patterson looks like, oh man, this is the new RB1, but I think uh, I'm right there with what you said. It's it's still Mike Davis at this point, but I think what we have seen is that Corderell Patterson has the potential to put up startable weeks and is someone who should be rostered in all your dynasty leagues.
0: Playing a few return leagues as well. And that's why I had him rostered to begin with, is I was "Mm, she has led the league in punt return yard, I believe last year. And I had him for that reason, and he's getting involved in the offense. If that's something that any of your leagues do, he's
1: absolutely worth a play. Someone else who was a special teams performer, you know, even before he got to the NFL was KJ Osborne. It's sad to say that basically ISM is the poor man's KJ Osborne, or at least he's the backup. He's you know the light version for the Vikings. ISM is falling farther and farther as my team gets better and better and has been cut in a variety of places. But KJ Osborne, couple weeks in a row. Granted, it's a it was a touchdown this week that really put him over that hump of putting him into the spotlight. Well,
0: when we saw their tight Irv Smith go down to injury, it was a question of who's gonna step up. Is it gonna be the Tyler Conklin show? They traded for Chris Herndon. Who's it gonna be? Who's gonna be the tight end? This offense. They run more two tight end sets and they only run two receivers out there, Thielen and Jefferson, Thielen and Diggs back in the day. And we've seen the answer be: well, we're not gonna play two tight ends because we don't have two tight ends we like. We're gonna play three wide receivers more. Played 80% of snaps and then 60% of snaps last week. Gets you know 15 targets over two weeks. He has the most yards on the team, been the most productive receiver on the team. It's been very strange. Obviously, Thielen and Jefferson open up a lot for you. Wouldn't expect that trend to continue. It's kind of Russell Gage last year playing with Ridley and Julio Jones, an aberrational start to a season where you get the most favorable defensive matchup when your two best guys are getting double covered or you know locked up by their best defenders. Someone's got to get
1: open. I don't know if anyone has seen enough to be going out really trying to buy KJ Osborne more so than just simply picking him up. But like you said, he has been one of the bright spots on the team. Someone else who's been a bright spot on the team is Quentin. Cephas, who has been a bright spot for the Lions, the wide receiver to mention this week with the other ones being hurt. And if you don't count Hawkinson, my boy, as a wide receiver, Quintus Cephas, I checked today, and he was rostered in every single one of my leagues. Do you have any high hopes for him, or is this just something where occasionally when enough people are hurt, he might be worth a start?
0: He plays bigger than he is. He's only 6'1", 2'10". If you just had to guess his size by watching the tape, you'd guess like 6'4", 230 or something. A guy goes up and wins 50-50 balls. I remember hearing from a couple of buddies in the Big Ten that he was slower than dirt. Pitiful 40-yard dash time. Not that that always translates to everything in the NFL. Week one, three catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. Salvages week with that touchdown. Last week, played 90% of snaps, which was up from 35% the week before. Makes you think that was because of Tyrell Williams going down that touchdown on what would have been a sensational catch at the front left of the end zone. Only a guy that I'd play out of desperation. Decent potential taxi hold or something with Amon Ross St. Brown potentially coming through the pipeline. He's getting snaps at receiver. If you're super desperate, you could do worse, but not a guy that I'm in love with by any
1: means. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see Tyrell Williams be something there. <laughs> Someone who I wasn't a real big fan of at the beginning of the season, who has been turning it on a little bit, is Hunter Renfro. And even Ruggs. There's been little flashes from Brian Edwards. Like, holy cow, man. Like, the Raiders have been a decent team. I said, if you're taking Carr, you're not expecting a QB1. You're thinking, I got a reliable QB2. Well, he's been a QB1 so far. What do you think of these Raiders, man?
0: Coming into the year, I was a little higher on the Raiders than most. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I absolutely thought they were making the playoffs. But they were the forgotten team of the AFC. They are forgotten the team of the NFL. They blew up the O-line. They replaced most of the guys. Guys, they brought back incognito traded away hudson drafted leatherwood which many deemed to reach like cars looked legit he's had a few overthrows bad throws but he runs the offense to perfection it's year three in the john gruden system he knows the ins and outs just as well as john gruden does that's what john gruden wants he wants a little mini john gruden in there not a little mini one because john gruden's quite small himself he wants a he wants a bigger <laughs> john gruden that he can press the buttons of guy that's gonna be his brain trust in their quarterback and that's what Carr's been. The stock of the league, John Gruden at head coach, has proven that he might know a thing or two about how to run the offense. He was one of those guys, came from Bill Parcells with the West Coast. He was Sean Payton and Sean McVay before they were. He was the first offensive kid genius. Obviously takes a broadcast job, comes to the Raiders, kind of blows things up, wants to do it his way. People are like, get out of here, old man. You're crazy. You don't know what worked 20 years ago. is not going to work now. seems like it's working, you know, beating the Ravens, beating the Steelers. seems legit. Carr, like you said, he's been hyper-targeted waller in that first week against the ravens he had like 19 targets or something ridiculous we see renfro that slot guy with the shifty hips hitting the whip routes the zig routes the quick hit the pivots only a ppr relevant name brian edwards had that touchdown that was called back at the one in overtime obviously his fantasy finish looks a lot different than that why context matters a guy you look at the box score of doesn't tell the whole story he came on late in that ravens game I believe he was drawing quite the attention of the defense in that game and then they loosened up on him because he wasn't doing much and then he said this is why you guys regarding me is because I'm pretty capable of doing all right rugs he's a speedster if he catches a deep bomb you're happy if he doesn't you're shooting yourself because he scored zero points
1: <laughs> yeah I'm worried he might be a miss miss hit miss miss hit as far as if you're trying to play him in fantasy football with Carr's performance so far he's the QB 10 in like a four point passing touchdown league He's really done well so far, man. And I almost feel like you could say, well, I guess maybe these decisions weren't so bad. Or you could say that they've been able to do well in spite of the terrible decisions that have uh, happened be it the draft or drafting and getting rid of Bowden and just the various things along the way that have just been real head scratchers in spite of all that. The Kenyan Drake signing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it still wasn't necessarily a, a... efficient i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet but that contract was definitely not efficient
0: (laughs) get the money spend it right smoke them if you got them Derek Carr, it is relevant to me to mention that he is out the passing yardage leader by about 130 yards at this point in the season. He's still only borderline top 10 quarterback. If you're passing for 400 yards a game and you're struggling to be a QB1, it means you're not throwing a lot of touchdowns and you add nothing on the ground. In fantasy, it's hard to add nothing on the ground and be a QB1. So you're relying on high volume, hopefully touchdown positive aggression from Carr. But just because he is a QB1, I don't view him as a QB1. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it might might be an opportunity to sell high if someone does view him as QB1 there. Smart idea. Someone who's been surprisingly good is James White. I approached it as, all right, James White probably has his role that we all know is the James White role in what would be that offense. But... Ramadre Stevenson fumbles last week and then is inactive this week. You know, Damian Harris had that awesome run or whatever. But James White, PPR leagues, he might be like your zero RB dream or your late round RB that everyone forgets about is a little bit older who might have relevance all this year. I'm rising on James White. What do you think?
0: He was a guy late in drafts with Giovanni Bernard that we saw, you know, potential third down back. Obviously, Giovanni Bernard now has Tom Brady. James White used to have Tom Brady. James White went by the wayside before the season started because Cam Newton was the presumptive week one starter. I was saying when Mac Jones becomes a starter, man, James White is probably going to be relevant. Mac Jones is as close as we have to a statue playing quarterback in the NFL. We've seen him shirtless. Checkdowns are going to be a thing when you're that immobile of a quarterback. Like we say, PPR is king for running backs when you're getting targeted like that. We even saw him involved in the goal line. Obviously, I took a little bit of a premature victory lap there saying you're playing roulette with Damian Harris. He has that beast mode run. That was an absolutely insane run. But James White, like you said, he's he's your RB
1: dreamer. As far as when you're shopping the discount bin, this is a score. And uh, another score in the discount bin at the wide receiver position has been Zach Pascal. Like, you know, if you're looking for startable wide receiver production at a discount, I'm trying to get on the Zach pay scale. (laughs)
0: I like that one. Yeah, he's been touchdown relevant or touchdown dependent rather the last two weeks, scoring three touchdowns, you know, 18 points, more than half of his fantasy points coming from touchdowns. Low yardage type of guy. He's not necessarily a field stretcher, not a big play guy, but if he's scoring on slant passes in the red zone, by all means, go for it. We saw Michael Pittman last week with what I would consider an absolute sophomore breakout, getting covered by Jalen Ramsey most of the game, putting up insane numbers. They drafted him over Jonathan Taylor. They had two second round picks and they really wanted Jonathan Taylor. They knew he was going to be Jonathan Taylor. They saw T. Higgins go. They said, gosh, well, he was our last of that tier along with Michael Pittman. They believed in Michael Pittman. Seems like maybe we should now.
1: I currently have Zach Pascal listed as a riser but with the Wentz injury and Eason coming in I almost wondered whether I should put him as a faller like should we be getting off the the Zach Pascal bandwagon before everyone sees a week with what (laughs) a week of what Eason looks like with Pascal
0: we saw Naheem Hines relatively uninvolved surprisingly last week with Campbell and Pittman being game time decisions he was a guy that I was playing with relative confidence and to no avail. Campbell probably coming back soon. Former second round pick out of Ohio State. That same core with K.J. Hill and Terry McLaurin. He might, might have been the best of the bunch if it weren't for injuries. If he ever gets back to 100%, it'd be Pittman, Campbell, Zach Pascal with the eventual return of T.Y. Hilton with Jacob Eason playing quarterback. I don't even want to play any of them, let alone Zach Pascal.
1: I eagerly anticipate the return of Paris Campbell. So he can get injured again. Yeah, well at it, it, least I can hold him for a little while before he's hurt again. <laughs> but uh, someone who I won't get to hold for a long time is ETN and And James Robinson has been the starter in his absence. And while it's really just him and Carlos Hyde who are the ones getting the touches in that backfield, he hasn't exactly impressed yet. How are you treating the James Robinson situation?
0: Just as I was in the offseason. Hands off. Someone else can believe in what James Robinson did last year. I was unimpressed. You give a guy every single offensive touch at running back, he's probably going to produce. We saw Leonard Fournette the year before produce with the same amount of work. Just because James Robinson got bell cow work doesn't make him a bell cow. See, Carlos High brought in on what many thought was super irrelevant. Two-year, $6 million deal. They're splitting Gary's. Urban Myers. you know, walking to the tune of his own horn, beating his own drum. (laughs) It's just not someone that I want to necessarily trust in.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty gross. I think there's a chance that maybe he earns his place in Urban Meyer's eyes as the season progresses and by the end of the season he might be doing well but this is a risky proposition for someone to be starting right now during the season. Someone who hasn't necessarily been having huge games so far as you might expect with someone with his draft capital is Justin Herbert. Are you worried at all about Justin Herbert?
0: Not at all. He had that weird play in Washington, the open hand forward pass fumble. That probably cost you quite a few fantasy points. Not even just in the sense of the fumble, but the missing scoring opportunity. Dallas's defense stepped up a little last week. I don't know why you'd throw the ball near Trayvon Diggs. That guy's got ball skills. Obviously, the relationship to Stefan Diggs. Not the only player on Dallas's secondary that's worth two cents at all. Yet, we're going to continue to throw at him. We've seen Mike Williams play better than expected. Keenan Allen obviously is what he is. They've got the weapons. Eckler has not necessarily been Austin Eckler to this point. Herbert is a touchdown dependent guy. Last year, it was rushing touchdowns. One of those stats that goes unnoticed by a lot of fantasy players, they just kind of take it for granted. I think he had eight or more rushing touchdowns last year. Haven't been getting those, so you haven't been seeing it.
1: Yeah, haven't been seeing it yet, but obviously the guy is still young. He has all the things you look for. If it's not right now, if it's a little bit of a sophomore slump, I can deal with it. I am not giving up on Herbert just yet.
0: He's He's no much more of a follower than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has not looked good from an NFL standpoint. We've seen Jamar Chase last week. Kid kind of bailed out. First week looked pretty good. Saw T. Higgins with a couple bad drops. Tyler Boyd looks like he might have fallen off a cliff or something. He's on a carton somewhere. And that offense has not looked impressive. Held the three points through most of the Bears game. Could be a product of the Bears defense being good. The Rams would beg to differ from week one.
1: From this point on in Dynasty, would you rather have Herbert or Burrow? It's
0: been Herbert for me since draft day, which is an unpopular opinion. But Burrow came out such a late declare. Had Ohio State, couldn't beat out Haskins before that from or someone else. Just not necessarily my favorite thing for a rookie to come in at 23 and dominate in college, you know, against guys that are two, three years younger than him with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Cesar Ruiz. Just a star studded NFL caliber offense feasting on college kids. I think Burrow's good, but he got elevated.
1: Someone who did really well as a rookie last year is IUC. And this year, who knows really what's going on? There's a obviously something coach trying to make a point and prove something to a player and you know get through to someone or Ayuk's just not behaving appropriately <laughs> whatever the deal is there i think that this isn't like a talent issue this isn't be, like Ayuk suddenly isn't good anymore obviously there's like something going on there with the coach and as long as it's not like something under wraps off the field or whatever i think it eventually works itself out so would you be buying low on Ayuk if you had an opportunity
0: Absolutely. He was a guy last year that took higher than most people would have expected to go. He was a bit of a surprising name to people that didn't Necessarily follow it as closely as others. Went over the likes of T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, some of those later first round guys. He's been playing on 50% of snaps, only had two targets, one catch so far this season. Seen Trent Shurfield outproducing him. The reports have been that he's not in the doghouse. There there was some injury in training camp. It's hard to believe that he's not in the doghouse. You just never know in San Francisco what's going on. Last year, we obviously didn't have Jimmy playing a lot of the year, didn't have Kittle playing a lot of the year. Debo always been banged up we see Debo Kittle back Jimmy back I could just be taking a little while to acclimate to the new offense
1: yeah Iuke has underperformed expectations so far and I saw him go for
0: a second round pick in a 10-team league I was like man I didn't know Iuke was available I would have happily given up more than a second round pick for Iuke that was mm. a guy that in the offseason I sent you a first for Iuke you would have been laughing at me you're like man you can go screw off with that offer
1: Oh, man. Get him. (laughs) Someone who's been underperforming as well is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's a young guy. He's not even 23 yet. That's what you want in an RB. He was last pick in the first round, so he's got first round draft capital. Mahomes beat the table for him, even if now he would like to rescind that request. What are you doing with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, man? Do you sell low? Do you try to sell high based on the fact that he's young and get out from under him, or are you just waiting? What do you think? Uh,
0: Trying to buy Clyde for months. It's crazy. Some people say that he's awful, and I go offer him Josh Jacobs for him, and they laugh at me. I'm like, all right, what what do you want for Clyde? People like to hate on the guy and they don't want to part ways with him. He's clearly getting the work in Kansas City. Anytime you're getting 13 to 17 opportunities on such a high-powered offense, it's just a matter of time before you find the end zone. Last week, really punished by the fumble for fantasy purposes. Obviously inefficient on the ground. Three, three and a half yards a carry. You'd like to see that improve. Hopefully that O-line has more time, elapses, meshes together better, gets some better blocking going passing opens up the run. Like to see him more involved in the passing game, but you could do worse than the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, there's definitely worse teams that you could invest in the players
0: of he's like that Brian Westbrook mold from the Eagles. We saw Brian Westbrook who's about five seven, two hundred under Andy Reid, who's now the coach of the Chiefs. And it took Brian Westbrook a year to really break out for the Eagles. Hopefully, this will be the breakout year for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like you said, it hasn't looked great against Cleveland and Baltimore. We saw Baltimore hold Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake to like 2.2 yards of carry. And Cleveland, you know, it's got Miles Garrett, Jeremiah, Wusu Koromoa, Jadavion Clowney. Not necessarily been smash matchups.
1: The Brian Westbrook comp is an interesting one where you pointed out that it took him a year to break out because that comp was all over the place before the draft and after the draft that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's the Andy Reid's new Brian Westbrook. So if it actually takes a year, potentially by low, if someone's freaking out, it might be just in time. Speaking of time, we are running out of it. So I'm going to run through just a few quick stashes here, then toss it back to you if you want to, if you have any takes on just these couple of guys there just starting off here you're going to hear this pod after the Thursday game has been played but as of right now Davis Mills is supposed to be the starter uh, another QB stash who isn't a starter yet would be like Kyle Allen in a real deep league there's one you could throw him on a taxi in some leagues and two if Heineke got dinged he would be the next man up and they obviously like him tied in there's a couple guys who have done a little bit Max. Williams, who I really don't actually recommend picking up. I don't know if that's anything that's going to be happening, but he did have a big game, so if you're looking at guys that are 10% rostered, there might be worse guys you could stick at the end of your bench to drop later than Max Williams. But someone who I'm picking up with, the intention of maybe keeping would be like Jack Doyle, who had a lot of Mo'Ally Cox on the end of benches, and it looks like it might just be one more Jack Doyle season. Granted, it's with Eason now, so maybe he's not the greatest pickup, but this is really deep here. Someone else who's only rostered in very deep leagues would be Freddie Swain and he blew up this week with Eskridge inactive so I don't know if this necessarily is means go out and get Freddie Swain but I think this means that once Eskridge is healthy there's room for a third wide receiver on that offense to be relevant so if Eskridge is any good which I think he's probably at least decent even if he's the antique version of a rookie I think this could be a positive sign indirectly for Eskridge and then Lastly, oh, no, two more. Braxton Berrios, you know, it sounds like something you should start your morning with. If it's just like a re- insanely deep league, this is something you might be worth starting. He's been outperforming Mims so far, and you know we like Mims. And then lastly, Demetric Felton with Landry going to IR. He had a, an electric play last week that made you whew, jump up as you watched it. So he's going to be a popular ad. Obviously, they still have Higgins and Donovan People Jones there and Schwartz, but OBJ has been inactive. Got a handful of tight ends there, but young guy who you could stash.
0: Jarvis did land Landry on the IR. Oh. <laughs> so potentially, Dimitri Felt could be used as a wide receiver. Something that many thought coming come out in the draft. Would he be drafted as a wide receiver running back? There's talks that he could fill that slot role these next couple of weeks. Braxton Berrios, not a guy that I'm going to pick up. I've been deemed somewhat of a Jets whisperer. He's only been playing because Jamison Crowder's been out with COVID and other sort of dings and whatnots certainly over Denzel Mims though on their depth chart that guy is just a lost cause in terms of the new coaching staff just do not like him
1: what do you think about Davis Mills for fear of looking crazy when uh, they hear this oh we've seen
0: Carolina start out 2-0 and this season had the surprise against the uh the Saints obviously this week And then the Jets week one, obviously, that revenge game, Sam Darnold. I think we're going to see a surprise from Davis Mills. I think we're going to see potentially the best game put up against Carolina's unbelievably stout defense. It's a defense that I've heard is ecology defense, which is catching people off guard. Davis Mills being ecology quarterback could potentially help, right? They're playing that sort of double safety boundary boundary defense that we don't see played in the NFL. It's catching guys off guard. Davis Mills played against a ton of that in college. Bet it plays right into his hands.
1: Yeah, Davis Mills looked pretty. raw in preseason i'm kind of worried about how this is going to show out i mean like i i hope the best for the dude i hope he comes out and just kills it on thursday night football but that's a basket i'm that's not anything i want to put any eggs in
0: certainly a cell hive by any chance he does anything on Thursday, boom, I'm trading that guy. Rookie quarterback, one franchise quarterback. Come get him for a first.
1: Well, Henry, thank you so much for showing up on, uh, on short notice here. Uh, I appreciate you going through all this with me. Always value your opinion. Always a smart dude. Just thank you, man. I appreciate you so much.
0: Like I said at the top of the show, it's just always an absolute pleasure to talk football with you on this platform, especially, and run through stuff, bounce ideas, make myself question what I'm thinking. Hopefully impart some sort of knowledge or news on anyone listening, if we're so lucky. Certainly appreciate anyone who is getting their ears graced by this.
1: Looking forward to whenever we get you on here next. Looking forward to whatever guests the DG has planned here. Sounds like he's got a couple in the chamber. There might be a a few shorts here in the near future, gracing your ears with any one of us with uh, brief things you might like to hear, know and want to have discussed. We're here. That's uh, what we're here for. We're trying to to help you out in any way we can You know, you get a lot of redraft Information in your ear It's not every day you get the little bit of Dynasty wire, dynasty tidbits That's why we're here now And we'll be back next week This is Iowa at Iowa in the NFL Thank you for joining us, Henry What's your Twitter?
0: At ClairvoyanceFF Nice fantasy football tag there
1: Yep, there you go FF it does not mean forfeit <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, you can follow At the Sleeper Wire show At the draft genius, holler at us with any thoughts you have here. But until then, good luck and thank you for hanging with us. Peace.
0: We've seen him shirtless.
1: Get him.